All right. Well, hello, everybody. God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Today, we are going to go ahead and continue on in our study of 1 Corinthians. And we have now come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So as I always encourage you to do so, if you're in a place where you can do so, please grab your Bible and go ahead and follow along with me as uh, we read through and discuss 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, um, I have done deeper studies of 1 Corinthians in the past that you can find on uh, our various the various pot, podcast platforms by looking for a love outreach. Um, I'm not sure that there's any 1 Corinthian teachings that I've done on video yet other than these ones that I've been going through right now. But the reason I'm pointing that out is there are deeper studies that you can do on this that I have done on the book of 1 Corinthians um, and many other books in the Bible. But today I'm basically going to do a reading through it and kind of talk to you as the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me in regards to what is being spoken of here. And by doing this, I really um, hope to encourage you to read the Bible yourself and just sit down and open it up and read it and uh, see what it speaks to you. Um, and if you're someone that has not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, um, it may not speak much to you at all if you've not been born again of the Spirit, but that's a whole different subject there, and I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, yeah, this is what we're doing here. We're just going to kind of read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today and kind of see what it um, speaks to us and how it encourages us. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. You can uh, like um, this video would be great. Share it, subscribe. That'd be wonderful. If not, if there's any questions that we can help you with, you can go ahead and reach out to us. Um, you can email me directly at dave at aloveoutreach.com. But without any further ado, as they say, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, one thing that comes to mind right away here for me is for us to keep in mind who it is that the Apostle Paul was in, at his time, how he was used by God. He was a man that was anti-Jesus. He was against Jesus. He was against the believers in Jesus. He had set out in his heart to kill them. He had a lot of hatred toward them. He got um, you know, approval to go out and find them and have them arrested and beaten and all of that kind of stuff. And he was on a mission, on a journey in his life to do that when the Lord met him. And the Lord um, showed him the things that he must suffer for his name's sake. So the Apostle Paul lived a life of just serving the Lord after coming to the Lord. And you can read about that in the book of Acts around chapter 8 and chapter 9. You can read about everything that happened with the Apostle Paul. Um, in his life and how he came to Jesus Christ. So that's just one important thing to keep in mind. And he, he, now he is somebody, as we're reading this, he's somebody that was um, teaching other believers in Jesus Christ. He was establishing churches in the name of Jesus and, and setting up 
you know, elders and such in those churches to take care of things there. But he also wrote these letters that we have in our Bible here, these epistles that kind of were instructing them and teaching them. Now, here's something he wants to teach them. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, this applies to any of us that you know, once we're without Christ in our lives, we, we uh, before our days before coming to Christ, when we were following whatever it was that the world was offering to us, seeking after whatever the world had for us, for, for the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, whatever the case may be, you know, wanting to have a certain status in life, to um, claim our territory, to get all that we can, out of this world and all of that kind of stuff. And and now listen, let me just say this, maybe you've come upon this video and you're still that type of person uh, that has not come to Christ. You've not been born again. You've not died to yourself, taken up the cross and followed after Jesus. Well, that's who he's talking to here. He's talking to or talking about is people that follow um, just the ways of this world and they get carried away by dumb idols, idol worship, you know, and, and seeking after the things of this world like money and and even worshiping. And you might say, well, who worships the thing of this world? Well, there are a lot of people, when you're focused on something with all of your heart and you're going after it and you're trying to create a certain image for yourself or whatever, that becomes an idol to you. And um, so he's saying to these Corinthian believers here, the believers in the city of Corinth, he's saying, hey, you used to be this way, right? And you know what it's like. You know what it was like to be one of these type of people. And he says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's making a distinction here, right, between those that are of the world, those that are carried away by these dumb idols, and those that are not, right? Those that are not are the ones that are saying Jesus is Lord. What does it mean that Jesus is Lord? Oftentimes you may hear this phrase just thrown around, but what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? It means that he controls every aspect of your life. You commit your ways to him. You honor him in all of your ways. You acknowledge him in everything you do. Everything you do, when you get up and go to work in the, in the morning, when you're, you know, you come home at night, when you lay down to bed, everything, you acknowledge the Lord and everything in between, you're saying, Jesus is Lord of my life. He is the master. I am not the captain of my own ship. I am not the master of my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. And when we do that, and when we're living in that way, then we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, And he goes on to say, now, as a result of being people that are led by the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens. And it says in verse four that there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So he's saying, look, there's just this one Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord uses people in diverse ways, uses people in in many different, you know, ways in this life. You know, not everybody is the same. You know, and um, you, if you are committed to the Lord, there's things that the Lord 
has given you the ability to do, to step out and do. Maybe it's at your work, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's within your own family, maybe it's as a father to your children, as a mother to your children, you have a role to play in their lives, you know, to to bless them in the spirit of the Lord, what the spirit of the Lord is doing in you and through you. And he says there are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. Now, there are people that have certain ministries that they do, pastors and teachers and all of that kind of stuff, evangelists, people that go out and they spread the gospel, do the kind of thing that I'm doing right here, right? Spreading the gospel, teaching the word of God, putting the word of God out there so that others can come to know it. Okay, so that's the, the difference of ministries, right? But it's all done by the same Lord, okay? And there are diversities of activities, but is it is the same God who works all in all. So diversities of activities, you see. So there's different things for all of us to do, right? But it's the same God that's working all of that. Something just came to mind here. Hold on one second, please. I'm gonna actually, I didn't put my phone on silent and I'm gonna go ahead and do that right now because I have a feeling that's about to go off on me. But okay, so diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, difference of ministries, but the same Lord, diversities of activities, but the same God that's working all in all. Okay, so all the focus Paul is pointing here to the work of the spirit of the Lord. Okay, that's where all of this comes from, okay? But he says now in verse seven, he says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So why is it that the manifestation of the spirit comes into someone's life and uses that person for a specific purpose is for the profit of all, right? And he's, he's looking at this and saying, he's speaking to a church here, a group of believers that gather together. And he's saying, hey, when you come together, right? And the spirit of the Lord is working, you need to know that it needs to be beneficial to all because there are many things that go on even in churches today that they claim are, are the working of the Holy Spirit, but it's just selfish motivations behind it, you know. He goes on to say here, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So as the church was gathering, right, these things were taking place a word of wisdom through the spirit of the Lord, right? Um, a word of knowledge through the same spirit. It's all the Holy Spirit that's doing that where someone might say, you know, give someone some very wise advice, speak forth something within the congregation or to someone else in the congregation, you know, specifically to say, hey, you know, here's some knowledge for you. Here's some wisdom for you. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular, right? The spirit of the Lord is doing it as long as it benefits and profits someone and helps them go through their life, then it's of the spirit of the Lord. He says, to another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. So these were all the things that were taking place in the body of Christ in the city of Corinth, as Paul wrote to these people here, right? There was gifts of healing going on. There was miracles going on. Signs and wonders were following all the people that believed and all of that, as Jesus said, would happen. 
There was the discerning of spirits. In other words, people were coming in to the church and, and maybe had the wrong motives and doing the wrong thing and all of that kind of thing like that still exists today. You know, you... I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day how like people come into church with their multi-level marketing plans and that's why they come to church or realtors come to church to try and get more prospects or whatever. Well, you got to discern those type of spirits and know that this type of person's not there for the right reason, okay? There was also different kinds of tongues going on to another, the interpretation of tongues, right? So he says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So it is the will of the Holy Spirit to whom and how he will distribute spiritual gifts. That's his will. That's his doing. Okay. Um, and that's what Paul's pointing out. All this focus is going back. Look, there's one spirit and he is the one that is working all of this stuff amongst us. That's what he's teaching them here in this section of the scriptures, okay? Verse 12 says, but for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So now he's he's saying here, let me, let me show you something. He's giving an analogy here. We have this body, right? This physical body of ours, and we have different parts to this body, right? And our arms and our feet and our hands and our eyes and our ears and all of that, right? But the, it, it's, it makes up just one body. Well, it's the same thing with the working of the Spirit of the Lord. It makes up one body, one body, and all the work is done by the Lord through the people. One body, meaning there's only one body of believers in the entire world, and that is all of those that have come to faith in Jesus Christ. You see, I can't fellowship with everyone in the body of Christ because there are people in the body of Christ in India, in Africa, you know, all over the world, Australia, you, you name it. There, there are believers in Jesus, born again believers in Jesus that are throughout the world that I'm not in their physical presence and I cannot fellowship with them, but they're every part, every much as a part of the body of Christ as I am here. Doesn't mean that we, we all don't have to go into the same building to worship under the same banner or denomination in order to be the church. That's not the church. The church is the body of Christ that's been established by the Lord through the working of his spirit, his spirit who indwells born again believers, okay? For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we have all been, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. So it doesn't matter our ethnicity. You know, unfortunately, I've heard people say, and it's very unfortunate. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to flat out tell you it's from Satan. When someone says that Christianity is a white man's religion, Satan is working mightily in that person that says such a thing because Satan is trying to keep that person from coming to Jesus Christ, being born again. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter where you were born or what family you were born into or what religion you were born into. It doesn't matter. Coming to Jesus, being born again, you're being baptized into one body, the body of Christ, and you're made to drink from one spirit, the working, the inflowing of that spirit of the Lord that comes into you and fills you and leads you and guides you through this life. It has nothing to do 
with any ethnicity or any denomination or any church institution, okay? For in, for in fact, he says in verse 14, the body is not one member, but many. That's what I've already been saying, right? If the foot should say, and he's going to give some more analogies here, right? If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? In other words, is that true? Right? He's painting a picture for you here, painting a picture from me and you so we can see, okay, so we're all part of the same body. If the whole body, though, he says in verse 17, were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Okay, so you see, everybody's got a part to play in the body of Christ. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a function, something we can do. Right? But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So God is setting things up. It's the work of the Spirit. Again, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's not about your giftings and your talents and all of that. Yes, God can use the things that you are gifted for. For example, you know, some people can play musical instruments, some people can you know, do beautiful artwork and all of that kind of stuff. They can commit that to the Lord and use that for the Lord, or they can commit that to their own selfish motivation or to the ways of the world and use it in that way as well, right? So anyway, he goes on and says, but anyway, let me just not go too quickly past that. God sets people in the body of Christ and uses them as he pleases to do so, okay? And then he says in verse 19, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? It'd be some freak thing, wouldn't it? If the body was just, we were just all an arm, you know? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You know, unfortunately, I'm sure amongst many churches, there are people that think, that their position in the body of Christ is higher than someone else's or better than someone else's or more important than someone else's. And uh, they get this haughty attitude like that where they say, where they think in their hearts they have no need of what someone else is doing, right? But he says, no, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks. So in other words, he's saying here, you know, each part of our body needs a certain kind of attention, right? For example, using the analogy of our physical body, this is just coming to my mind. My fingernails grow long, I need to trim them, I need to cut them, right? toenails, earwax, you name it, whatever the case may be, right? We, there's hygiene, there's things that need to take place that certain parts of the body need different kinds of care, right? Our eyes get weak, we go get glasses or whatever the case may be, right? Same thing within the body of Christ here. We need to pay attention to one another. We need to care for one another. Remember, we read that, that the working of the spirit, we read back 
toward the beginning of this chapter that the working of the Spirit is for the profit of all, okay, for the benefit of all. So we're looking to benefit others in the body of Christ, right? Because Paul says in verse 25 that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. So we should be looking out for one another, caring for one another. It takes, I've got two hands, it takes this hand to cut the nails on this hand. It takes this hand to cut the nails on this hand, right? It takes the, the, this hand to cut the nails on my toes, right? So on and on it goes. But it's Paul's just using some very basic 101 type teaching here to say, take care of one another. And it's the spirit of the Lord. And don't put yourself above one another. Let the spirit of the Lord use each one of you individually as he wills. And don't think you're better than anyone else. Let's have the body function properly, right? And if one member suffers, verse 26, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So we're individually part of the body of Christ. Okay, it's one very large body worldwide. I don't know how many people truly are the true born again Christians, those that have repented and, and died to themselves, taken up the cross, given their lives to Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of the Lord say, He is Lord, He is their master, right? But however many there are, we're all members individually. We have an individual part within the body of Christ to play, we have a role that we can play, something that we can do, okay? And God has appointed these in the church. So look, then he's gonna go on here to say, okay, now look, here's some, some people that God has specifically appointed in the church. First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. So these are just a few that Paul's naming here, right? But it was founded, the church is founded upon the apostles because Jesus chose those apostles to go out, including the apostle Paul, who was specifically chosen by Jesus to go out and lay the foundation of the body of Christ to spread the gospel. To, to establish churches, right? And prophets and teachers and the workings of miracles and the gifts of healings. and But, you know, a lot of people like to focus on those things, right? The miracles and the healings and all that, right? Or maybe even the at the end of this, it says varieties of tongues. But right here in the middle of all this, it says helps and administrations in verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 12. You know, so there's all, there's something for you to do. There's some way for you to help within the body of Christ. You know, th this is what I'm doing, quite frankly. I mean, this is just something I do by faith. I don't consider myself to be a great speaker or a great teacher of any sort. I just do this by faith because I have a desire within me to spread the word of God because of what the word of God has done and continues to do in my life. So I have a desire to just give that back. So by faith, I step up and I do this type of thing. And there's something that you can step up and do, right? And I'm not no big part of the body of Christ. You know, just look at the number of subscribers on my YouTube channel here. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm no big deal, but I'm still gonna continue what I, to do what I do by faith until the Lord takes me home. 
or changes my calling or puts me in doing something else somewhere else. But for now, here's what I do, right? But look, he says in verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Well, the obvious answer here is no. Not everybody does this. Not everybody has the gifts of healings. Not everybody speaks with tongues. Not everybody interprets. Not everybody's workers of miracles, and not everybody's an apostle or a prophet or even a teacher, right? But he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I know a more excellent way. And he's about to go into, in chapter 13, the more excellent way, which is love, okay? Because that's the primary thing, right? But here he says, earnestly desire. So let me ask you this. Um, do you earnestly, Are you, I'm going to speak, of course, here to believers in Jesus, born-again believers in Jesus. Do you earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit? Are you seeking the Lord for it? Are you saying, Lord, I'm dedicating this day to prayer and fasting, these two days, these three days, to prayer and fasting, and I'm going to seek you, Lord, and I want you to show me, Lord, what you would have me to do. What giftings would you give me or have you already given me that are within me that I can use as a helper, as an administrator, or as a teacher, or whatever the case may be? What can I do, Lord, in the body of Christ? Are you earnestly desiring that? Are you seeking after it? Or you do, do you just want it, you know, at no cost to you? Because nothing in the body of Christ comes at no cost to you. We must sacrifice, we must lay down our lives for the Lord and serve him and say, again, going back to the beginning here, Jesus is Lord. We do that by the Spirit. Jesus is Lord. And what does it mean that he's Lord? It means that he is your master and you are his servant. So we will go ahead and stop here for today. So that's what the... Spirit of the Lord has shown us today as we read the word. Um, like I said, love to hear from you. Love to know that you're listening. Um, you can reach out to me again, Dave, at aloveoutreach.com. Go to our website, fill out the contact form there. Uh, Any way we can help you to grow spiritually, we would love to do so. So until next time, God bless and... Uh, have a wonderful, we're at the end of the year here, coming toward the end of the year, getting toward the month of December as I record this. So Merry Christmas to you, Happy New Year, all of that. Seek the Lord, serve the Lord, earnestly desire to live for him and to be led by his spirit. God bless you. We'll see you next time.